This, this, this is you. K U T. K U T. Austin. Stop. I used to get mad at my Welcome to Higher Ed, KUT's podcast focusing on issues of higher education, lifelong learning, and exercising the brain. I'm Jennifer Staten with KUT 90.5, Austin's NPR station, talking as always with Dr. Ed Berger, president of Southwestern University in Georgetown, Texas. Hello, Ed. Hello, Jennifer. It's always good to be with you. Well, I am thrilled to be here. I really like our, our experiences and our time together. So you, you enjoy these things? I do. Interesting. I do. Sometimes I feel that the puzzlers sometimes. I love the puzzlers because I just, I like having to think that way because sometimes in day-to-day life, I don't have an opportunity or I don't take an opportunity to slow down and kind of think through something. And I love it when we do a puzzler and you'll say like, okay, think of this extreme scenario or let's, right. let, I just, I like being able to think that way. It's all about mindfulness. And, and Jennifer, I know that you're this famous person and you are the host of Morning Edition, but you need to have time to be mindful however you do that, to give your brain a chance to recharge. I, I agree. I agree a and million these percent. And these puzzlers can be a way of doing that. I love them. I, I love being able to use my brain in a different way and sort of exercise that muscle, if you will. Wow. Um, so I have noticed that in this discussion we just had, I said that I like puzzlers, I like. I use the word like a lot, which mm-hmm. is used by people often, but in that way that annoys me, where it's thrown in like someone will say, oh, did you see this movie the other day? It was like so great, and oh, I like, like. I loved it. It was like, and I want to go, ah. As a verbal tick. Uh, yes. Students do this all the time, and yeah. <laughs> but and what, what's, I mean, so as the president, should I interrupt a student who's engaging with me and, and, and sharing with me and say, you know, really, you should stop that verbal tick. Or do I, am I supportive? It's really a challenge. What do I do in that? That's probably not even your topic. But it, it I think about this and also, uh, and lots of other verbal ticks. Well, and I want to, because I'm trying to get these students to be their best selves or be better. But then I don't want to offend them. Oh, I'm not going to talk to the president. He was really mean or boy, he's got high standards. Well, there's nothing wrong with high standards, that's for sure. Exactly, but I don't want to offend people, and so I don't know what to do. So I, I usually don't say anything except with the me and I. Oh, improper grammar. Now, that's a, I think I that's do a, step yeah. in there, and I will correct yeah. people. Yes. Well, I, I think that's The wise. grammar police. The grammar police are on patrol. Well, and actually, Ed, what you brought up of, of the hypothetical scenario of a student saying, I don't want to talk to the president because he's going to be mean to me. I mean, I, I kind of— wanted to talk about that today in this whole concept of mean presidents well no <laughs> no and i don't think you're a mean president well of what it means talk to my students <laughs> of what it means in the realm of education to like and i'm putting that in quotes to to like a class or to like a student or to like a teacher and what i'm wondering about first of all i mean a way to start the discussion is i have heard students say from time to time certainly when i was in school and now that so-and-so teacher doesn't like me, or I got a bad grade because so-and-so doesn't like me, or I didn't get picked for the team because the coach doesn't like me. And I, I think that's a perception that students have when something doesn't turn out the way they want it to. But in reality, I mean, teachers don't and can't really afford to operate that way, surely. 
Well, we're talking about now very individualized episodes where I think everything does happen. I think that there are individuals out there that have a bias toward uh, a particular student or against a particular student for whatever reason at all. And some people, I think, uh, exhibit that in a, in a more public way than probably is appropriate. So uh, and that's kind of a little bit of a unprofessional behavior, but I think that's out there. I do think that a lot of the time, in fact, uh, the educators are being very professional, but because the student, the outcome wasn't the way the student wanted, they perceive that it certainly couldn't have been me. So it must have been a bias that you, my teacher, have against me. And I think that that's also the case. So I, I do believe that, that both are real and, and we need to be cognizant of it because if a, if a faculty member at any level is, is behaving badly, that's, that's really not appropriate and, and, and is not fair. Uh, but I think a lot of the times it's a perception, which in that case is a moment for education, for learning. Well, and I wonder if the reverse is true and that if a student says, I really like that teacher or I really like that class, it's because either the student's doing extraordinarily well in the class or the teacher is being nice. And not that that's mutually exclusive from having a classroom experience, but it just makes me think about what is really going on in a student's or a teacher's mind, for that matter, saying that. I like a class. Right. And, I, and what should be the criteria for liking? <laughs> well, and of course, you know, uh, at the university and college level, undergraduate level, th- there are course evaluations that students are asked to fill out that are very important to the career of the faculty member. And boy, those in, people talk about this all the time. What does that mean to get high student course survey results? Does that mean that uh, the, the teacher is just funny or the te- teacher is affable or the teacher is really effective and inspiring or the teacher is easy. And I, I, I've known of colleagues in, you know, in other places where I've been where you know, they bring in donuts that day and almost literally try to bribe the students with, with sugar and saying, you know, here, eat this, you'll feel better and you'll write a better evaluation. In my experience in observing that over 30 years, that seems to not be a very good way of doing it. And, and for me, what I uh, appreciate are the evaluations that are really strong for a faculty member who's considered really hard or the course is really challenging, and yet the evaluations are still strong because then it's not even the payoff of, well, that person's an easy A, so we love that person, going to give that person high marks. So I'm going to play the voice of of cranky person now and say, well, you shouldn't even be in school to like something. School's not about liking. It's about working hard. And having teachers that will make you work hard. And so it doesn't matter if you like it or not. That's beside the point. Yeah. Well, now you sound like the math teacher of your, which is uh, exactly right. Who, you know, it's, it, math is beautiful. And so you just better like it no matter how it's being taught. And that's just wrong. Learning, uh, the environment in which we learn, the environment in which we think, the environment in which we grow, those should all be joyful, uplifting, inspirational, and aspirational. And to have any other mindset, in my opinion, is wrong. Now, we can talk about unpleasant issues. We can talk about things. I'm not saying that we bury our heads in the sand of reality, but the way we treat them, the way we look at them, and the perspective we bring should always, at the end, uplift us because we feel like we've understood it more deeply or we feel that we can make a contribution and thus we're making progress. All right, let's make some progress on a uh, a new puzzler. It's time for a new one. Do you have one for us? I have one. It, it it's it's really it's not really a well, it's a puzzler, I guess. Okay. Um, it's a it's a really neat mathematical question. Oh, cool. That I want to share with you, and I'll I'll put it in the guise of a, a puzzle. Okay. Um. 
So imagine that you're on a an infinitely long straight road. Okay. <laughs> okay. My eyes are closed, and I'm imagining. And so, right in the, so think of like a number line if you want. Okay. And then, and then somewhere it's marked like zero. So, so zero, and then if you go to the right, it says one, two, three, four, uh-huh. five, and if okay. you go to the left, it says negative one, negative two, negative three. So it's a number line, if you will. But think of it as a street, and you can think of those number things as being the the blocks. But okay. there's only one street, and just but there's these breaks. And you decide you want to take a walk. Okay. And you want to do this completely randomly. So you take a fair coin. Okay. And you flip it. And if it lands, let's say, heads up, then you move uh, one block or one number to the right. Mm-hmm. And if you flip it and it lands tails up, then you move from wherever you are one block to the left. So tails, you move one unit to the left. Heads, you move one unit to the right. Okay. And you begin what's called a random walk. It's actually what it's called. It's called a random walk. Okay. Some people call it a drunkard's walk because that sounds more fun, right? Because you're kind of just, you know, whatever. And the question is, if you were to do this without stopping, so do it forever, which is hard to imagine. So now you have to live a long time. Okay. And the thing is infinitely long. So there's a couple questions. First of all, will you get to every single block on the number line or are there number lines way uh, – points, you know, blocks on the number line way far away, either way far east or way far west that you would never actually get to? And then the question is – the follow-up question is do you ever return back to home, that zero point where you Ooh. started? Or could you potentially go off and never, ever, ever come back? And that's the question. And when we talk about the answer, I will talk about some variations on this. And I think the variations are even more interesting and compelling than the answer to, this, to these two questions. Oh, fine. I can't wait. I, I will say, but I don't want people to cheat and look it up. But, but this is an example of mathematics that's known as uh, stochastic processing. And it's kind of this, this randomness. And, and is there any predictability in something that is truly random? Can you find pattern and structure in things that are completely random? Well, I love that just concept of trying to figure out if there is predictability and randomness. Ooh, this is exciting. Yeah, you'll, you're going to enjoy this. And, and you can try it, right? Take a coin, start flipping it and seeing what happens. And just, yeah. How, oh, now, of course, now, of course, you have to do it forever if you want to see if you can, you know, get everywhere or not, but you can try it. But you can at least do it for the next week until the next episode, right? And you do get it the every, solution. do it once a minute for the next week. <laughs> Wake yourself up every minute and try it and then see what happens. Collect some data. So, Ed, you know, as we've been in discussing this episode about the concept of liking and what it means in the educational world to like something, it reminds me of when I, when I was more of a runner and I ran, while I was running, I didn't really enjoy the act of running, but I really liked what it felt like when I was done. The accomplishment. The accomplishment. And I wonder if, if um, that comes into play here at all. If, you know, on any given day in a classroom, you know, I may not have loved every class that I was in. I may not have loved every teacher or, but I, you know, most of the time when a course was finished, I, I liked the experience in total. Right. To me, it's like it is like running a marathon, and I will often say that to my students. And I think they, some of my students, uh, when I used to teach a lot of math, upper level math courses, which I I do less of today, they would feel like it's my goodness, it's running a marathon, and I'm exhausted, and and you know this guy's killing me. And then at the end, there's such a feeling of accomplishment that you're like, wow. And then they often want to take another class and and push themselves even more. But it's important that we offer the infrastructure so that they can succeed. So that triumphant moment only happens if they cross the finish line. Well, and I think one way to think about the word like is how it shows up in social media. And we like, <laughs> you know, we like Facebook posts. We like a tweet tweets. And I think that instant response to something that we may post uh, 
can make us forget that sometimes it's the longer haul things that are that are more satisfying. Absolutely. And and the the longer the larger the investment, the bigger the payoff, of course. That being said, on Twitter I'm at EBB six six three and feel free to like any little tweets that I've put up there. Thank you. Well, thank you, Ed Berger, for helping us keep our brain sharp. Dr. Ed Berger is president of Southwestern University in Georgetown, Texas. You can find out more at southwestern.edu. And you can keep your brain busy by keeping up with the news and other episodes of Higher Ed at KUT.org or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jennifer Staten, KUT News. KUT News.